Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Welcome back to Movement, Strength and Play podcast. I get to go first today. Sometimes I don't always get to go first in the podcast, but I'm going to introduce us. But before we get into that, we're going to thank this week's podcast sponsors, Newton Wood, who really revolutionized my recovery game over the last... I don't know, six months that we've been working with them. They're absolute legends and they create the highest quality Epsom salts that dissolve super fast in the bath. They're so good. Like me, if you want to try them, you can even use them in the shower. These things, great for recovery, but one that'd be good. And what they really facilitate for me personally, the, the biggest benefit that I get out of them is the quality of sleep that comes off the back of an Epsom salt shower before bed. I'm a con- converted man and this is going to stay part of my routine forevermore. Yeah, and you can, uh, if you want to test them out, you can get them on the scorecardsnetics.com website. Details be in the show notes. So a massive thank you to Newton Wood for sponsoring this five-part series on the podcast around physical pension. Um, but today we're going to get a little bit juicy in the final episode where um, Tim is going to be, he's been ranting a little bit recently. And I said, this is, this is people i want to i want to hear rant on the podcast because people need to sort of sort of hear this and if you're um if you're someone that's a little bit on the edge of like yeah that's all right investing in a physical pension but actually i'm gonna go and smash this workout now um you're potentially gonna be challenged hopefully in this week's episode as we uh, as we wrap things up around the physical pension not to say that we're not going to carry on like giving you help advice and talking about it because it's something that we think is obviously ongoing but um Things might get a little bit juicy. Is that fair to say, Tim, in this week's episode? I don't know, because, well, I can do, but, I mean, it's we frame these conversations. It's Often people ask us a question and go, it depends. That's the answer, and, and that is going to be the preface for everything that we're going to talk about. But let's share some opinions, and I'll give my current state, or review of the state of the current health and fitness industry to to a level of the practices in which we have found ourselves engaging regularly in and the type of culture which has become popular. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going to take back my mantle for a very short piece of time as, as question master and just going to pose a couple of questions um or maybe just one and just just I'll I'll post one question to start with and we'll just see how long the rant lasts for and that might be it. <laughs> that might be it. But um so talk about physical pension and 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 looking at the wider health and fitness space uh, when you look at functional fitness, when you look at CrossFit and all that type of stuff, um, and even when you look at um, what people are doing within the calisthenics world, like, do you, where do, where do you see people on that current scale of like, are you investing in your physical pension or are you just actually, actually like doing a disservice to yourself through your training? Where, where are you seeing, as a general rule of thumb, where are you seeing people on that scale? Yeah. So I'm going to, before we get into this, I'm going to encourage people to to do some rethinking. So if anything that we say or I say in the next half an hour of this podcast, like kind of cuts a little bit and it feels uncomfortable, the job of that is for you is to actually think about why that is. Mm. Because there's so much stuff. If you've not read Adam's, Adam Grant's book, Think Again, we've not heard about this kind of conversation of the, the power of knowing what you don't know. Um, it's a it's a massively insightful and useful mindset to take with you into everything that you do. And just because you've always done something doesn't mean that that's right. It might be wrong and it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to mm. change your beliefs. It's okay to change how you do things moving forwards because when we're, when we're, 
presented with new evidence and reasons to suggest that what we've been doing in the past could be improved or could be done differently, aren't giving us the results that we're looking for, then the most logical thing and most intelligent thing we can do in that situation is accept that we might have found a better way to do something and be okay with being wrong. Um, so I'm very much in this boat and, and the, the book itself talks a lot about uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect and this kind of increase of or you, when you first get into the new you think you flipping know everything and I was like that as a strength and condition coach when you start into the industry you've got a few books that you've read and you come in and you're flipping got tons of swagger and you think you're going to go and change the world <laughs> I've been in the industry for 13 years now and I now don't think I know very much at all um, and it's it's that effect of just of understanding that actually now what, what I want to know more about is the things I don't know because I can add it to the things that I think I do know and then we can start to mould that moving forwards in, in this constant cycle of, of sort of thinking and rethinking. Is it fair to yeah. say, Tim, when you start to know the things that you don't know, then you you don't know that you that the things that you didn't know you do know so. You now don't know you you don't not know them anymore. So, so this is the problem with philosophy, isn't it? That we end up going round in circles, <laughs> I, I, and we don't. At I, the end of it, we don't know what we know I, anymore. I, I got one thing though. I can't. It, it's called. I feel like it, it might be called something. It was along these lines, and the example someone gave before, and this resonates with me because we do it. Me and me and Mrs. Jacket do it all the time. Where you're driving somewhere, and you realise you're going. You've made a wrong turn, or you're going the wrong way, and the quickest thing to do is to turn around and go back exactly the way you came. But because you've already, there's something, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I should have checked this out, but it's called something where you've like, because you've already started doing something, you like, you have a bias um, towards carrying on doing it and trying to make it work rather than just going, Oh no, I went the wrong way, turn around and, and, and get back on the right track. Um, whereas on your, when you're driving, you like just, you know, you just, you try and turn it into something. And yeah, I think there's definitely, there's definitely value in going, right. What I was doing wasn't right. And just not seeing that as failure, just seeing it as like, as you said, like, Oh, I'll just add it to that list of things that I know work or don't work. Um, and generally I'm sure you'll get onto this is like, if you, if you feel like, like training, if you're not, if we're not professional athletes, our training should be doing all sorts of things that are good for us, like fulfilling us physically, mentally, making us feel better afterwards. We shouldn't feel worse and feel in pain and feel battered and just feeling fatigued and tired and not sleeping well because we're hammering ourselves. Like we need to, we need to be thinking about, um, and, and I say that compared to a, uh, compared to a professional athlete, because neither should a professional athlete be hammering themselves like that because it's going to send you in a downward spiral. But generally in a professional environment for, for sportsmen and women, they will have people, physios, doctors, therapists that are there to help support them so that they don't end up in that space. Whereas when we're, you know, just normal people like ourselves, just training for enjoyment, you can sort of go down some of these rabbit holes. And I think that that's some of the encouragement that we're looking to, to say, this might end up being a bit of a rant style thing, but it it's, it's actually through um, wanting to help and wanting to serve you guys and wanting to just, um, yeah, make people, as you said, like rethink a little bit. Yeah, and another thing is I don't listen to this and think that Tim's anti-CrossFit or anti-functional fitness because I'm not. And we can get into the why I'm not um, in, in later on in the podcast. But what I would tell you, going back to Jacko, your point about um, athletes and how they train, I will guarantee 
that no high-performance athlete in the world has got the majority of their program made up with 50 warbles, 40 toaster bars, 30 of this, 20 of that, 10 of that, every 10 minutes for three hours. Like it doesn't, (laughs) that's just not how we structure training. And this is where my rant is going to come in, is that we've gone so far away from the principles that have governed physiological adaptation, Mm. like, it's un- it's untrue. Like we, if you pick up a book from the old school, sort of like where the the the, the strength in- strength variables came from, training variables came from. What's happened is we're taking all of this stuff that we know about conditioning, and we're taking a load of stuff we know about strength, and we've kind of just thrown it all in the same pot. And we've gone. Let's just mix all this stuff together. It'll probably be fine. That's what CrossFit has done. It's taken high intensity work, high volume work, and it's stuck it all in the same same can. And we've gone. Here we go. Here's a workout that we can do. And do you know what? It's really flipping hard. And you go, okay, yeah, it is really hard because you put a lot of hard stuff together and you've not given much time to do it. Well, that does get you to a certain point. And let's not like you get you fit. Like the, the, the stuff that CrossFit athletes can do at top level is just unbelievable. So it's, I'm not saying that it doesn't work. But what I'm saying is that we need to understand that that is not the only way that we can train. And I see a lot of popularization of this form of training. And it's like this badge of honor that you can do these like super difficult workouts. But I promise you, because I've done them myself and I've tried them, what happens when you get tired is you move like turd. And you cannot get away from that. That is why the injury rates in sports like CrossFit are so high. Um, it is why when you go into, say you're going to go and fatigue yourself with a certain exercise and you're going to go and do something which actually should be done with a level of control or a little bit more precision, like you just it, you start falling apart because your system is fatigued and then you move badly. And what we know about that is poor movement quality is only ever going to reinforce poor movement outcomes. So if you, you, you're going to move in the way that you teach your brain to move. So by even if you do something, you're tired and then you, you move poorly in your next exercise or whatever it might be, your brain is just getting used to moving like that. It's not all of a sudden when you're fresh after having done that for a period of time, your brain goes, oh, do you know what? We're really good at moving if we try and think about it because you're going to just start to like downgrade that baseline and movement becomes pretty average and you wear your system down doing those kind of workouts for a period of time and we're going to start getting niggles we're going to start to to find that we get these little sort of chinks or these weak links in the system and we're just going to start to plague ourselves and and people can come back to me and go no that doesn't happen to me that's not what i think i disagree well i would disagree and that i think there is so much stuff that we don't do in training because it's not deemed as being hard enough anymore mm. which is actually of massive value so for an example would be one of the, the principles that I've used a lot in the athlete training programs over the years is a strength endurance superset where we're going to go a heavy or a strength-based lift. Let's take a back squat or something. And then we're going to do like eight to 12 repetitions, two to four, five sets of that potentially, but it's superset with a stability exercise. And the principle being that you're going to go and fatigue the prime movers, and then we're going to go and work on the stabilizers. Now, the science behind that is your prime movers, your type two muscle fibers. They like to work hard, produce high amounts of force. They get tired quickly. So if we fatigue them, we can then go and target more into the stabilization fibers, which are your type one muscle fibers. They like to work harder for, they like to work for longer periods of time. They're closer to the joint. They generally produce less force. Force, but they stabilize the system and control movement quality to a large degree. So the rationale is really solid. These supersets are difficult, but what you need to do in that stability exercise is a 4-2-1 tempo, or we need to slow it down because that's how those type 1 muscle fibers want to work. They like time under tension. Mm. So by slowing the eccentric phase down, putting isometric pauses in, focusing on the quality of the movement, you're really starting to drill down into movement quality stuff. 
And before I shut up and let Jacko mm-hmm. come back with his retort um, or his, his follow-up questions, I'm not saying there's no role for functional fitness and CrossFit type workouts at all. 100% think there is. And I use them myself with athletes regularly, but they are founded on focusing the majority of the time on basic strength and basic movement quality, which allows you to go and do these higher intensity workouts. If all you ever do is high intensity workouts, but you're not paying any attention to your movement quality, you are missing the most important part of the puzzle. Yeah. Is it? And I was going to just... Is that ranty enough? No, I was just going to rewind. There's a couple of things you said a little bit earlier. I was was just thinking, is it fair to say that um, in Super Training by Mel Siffin, Verschenowski, that I can pronounce that correctly, um, that there are no EMOMs and and, um, Warbores and Toaster Bar? I'll have to check, but I'm not sure that the word AMRAP was actually part of the, uh, the, the, the dialect in... The Soviet Union or wherever uh, that sort and, of strength training science yeah, came from. Yeah, and we're we're, we're is that said in jest because it's it's the 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 type of you know there's certain types of different types of training where it's um, yeah they we're utilizing different sort of of principles and things, but like you're saying that the the idea of like sort of you know uh, it reminds me of like. Um, do you just watch Friends where um, I think someone made a cake, but it was like the pages of the book got stuck together. And so it was like half lasagna and half like cake or something. <laughs> it's like, you know, and Joey was like, mince good, like custard good. Like he liked it also. It was like absolutely fine. But generally like just because you two things are really good, like Olympic lifting could be really good for X, Y and Z. And then, you know, smashing yourself on a, on a row machine might be really good. But doing those two things at the same time, like might not be that helpful um it's that type of thing that we're talking about or, or thinking about um, yeah when you've been sat down at a desk for eight hours and you rock up yeah. your workout and that's what's on the well, workout it's yeah it's, this it's, was this was my other thing of going if you look at some of the um you look at some of the best sportsmen and women in the world or whatever whatever exercise and activity and thing they do and you, and you look at and you take take uh crossfit as an example like the top people guys and girls in the in the world at that like they are specimens hundred percent they are specimens and whether they're sort of um you know you've got the whole thing of like in any top sports there's whether i don't want to i don't want to i'm just i'm going to mention it but i don't want to like get into the whole like whether people are doping or not but they may they may or may not be but so is like random people just in your standard gym at home they may or may not be taking stuff anyway so there's that as well and if you're generally most of i mean, hope i hope and pray that our listeners are not the they're not they're not the type of people that feel that they need to take um performance enhancing things so if you go like i'm not a specimen like and when i mean that i mean like there's i and i've i've played against with people in even at the level where i was at where it wasn't like the top level of rugby, but like there's guys that are just machines and you could throw anything at them um, and they just smash it. And that, but that's not normal. So just because like the best people in the, in the world can do all these crazy things, like even a scaled down version of it might not be the right thing at all um, for you. And I think that there's, I appreciate and understand that there's this this aspiration and motivation that those things provide. It's just for our own selves, we need to we need to listen to ourselves and our bodies 
more than we listen to like all the noise from the outside that's telling me something different. And it's fine to be motivated and inspired to do things. And, you know, I'm massively on board with the whole thing about, like we've said right from the start with Scorecast, it's redefining impossible. For me, having goals that are a little bit out there that stretch me are so important for my motivation and my consistency and my enjoyment in my training. If I don't have those things, then like I I, I get a bit bored or I just lack motivation. I have to have, I, I know from understanding myself, I have to have something to work towards. And sometimes those things, if they're too difficult, then can pose a bit of a problem. And then it's starting to understand that and go, what is, what is applicable? What is sensible? What is actually nourishing me? Um, and, and it's and it's getting that it's just getting that balance right for me. That's that's the that's the main thing. And that whatever the balance that's right for you is going to be different to the next person. So we can't all just be doing the same thing. And I think that's where that's where I'd like to encourage people with for sure. Yeah, I'm not anti like strength is armor, right? Being strong is a positive attribute for for now, for life now, and for life in the future, and that's that's a key part of mm-hmm. of how we continue to, or should continue to structure our training programs moving forward, and a focus on being strong. We also need to focus on stability and mobility at the same time. You need those three things if you're going to have a well functioning body for the rest of your life. And and look, I, I also don't want people to think that like, oh, Tim's lazy, can't be asked to put a shift in in a workout and 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 do that sort of stuff. Like I've I've trained in this way before maybe not crossfit before in terms of because I've, I've never looked at it and gone i genuinely think that i should be doing gymnastics and olympic lifting in the same session but i can do both of those disciplines to a fairly good level um and, and it's not about being lazy and it and i understand that there's something really satisfying about smashing yourself in a workout and feeling that rush that you get from doing that I'm, I'm all for that and i'm all for people pressing on and that's one of the things that i think crossfit has been a real positive for for the health and fitness industry in that it has brought intensity back into people's mindset because there probably was a stage where it had become a little bit pedestrian mm. it probably had become quite bodybuilding focused most guys going into the gym were doing bodybuilding stuff which if you've trained in that way there's not a great deal of sort of sweat going on a lot of the time. It's, well, can it's you remember, relatively easy. Remember when we... It, oh, cry, cry, going to um, pull those words back. Bodybuilding is not easy. It's a different type of stress. I'm going to just reframe that. Sorry yeah. for anybody who's listened um, to that and gone, it's not easy. Yeah, that, uh, you just reminded me of... Um, this is, This will be a long time ago. When we were on... Um, this will be a few years ago. We are on Ben Coomer's uh, podcast, Ben Coomer Radio. Yeah. And he said something around... It was this thing of... Um, People like can't even run to go to the bus. Like they're going to be late for the bus. Like they struggle to like run because we just don't do, like it's just not being part of like the pe- people's training have gone so far away from that. But that's and that's not everyone because you've got the other side of it. Like you know, um, I know that the sort of not that I'm in it, but Catherine's done a, my wife, Mrs. Jacko has done a few um, triathlons in the past, and that triathlon world is like flipping mad, and those guys like go flipping crazy for for just like doing long endurance things but um so it's again like like i said it comes back to back to balance but we should be able to like we should be able to run for the bus and we should be like that's you know we've talked a lot in the past around like being not being strong or being fit for a workout you want to be we want to be strong and, and fit to be able to like do stuff um 
Yeah, and that's important because it might be that you go to me, Tim, do you want to come and do this marathon or whatever? And I want to be in a shape where I can say yes if I want to do it. Like, I'm going to try and do a marathon this year, like, you know. Well, no, I thought you were. And, and, and I don't want to do it because I don't think I'll enjoy the training. But um, <laughs> if, I, but what if I say, if Tim, you, come and do this marathon with me? You just said that you want to be able I'm, to do I, it. Yeah, but I am. I physically, I'm in a position where I could go and start to scale the mileage if I wanted to, because my body is in relatively good shape. Like, but it, I have the I have the choice. Or so someone says, "Do you want to come and ride John and Groats to Lands End?" Like, I'm gonna have to put some training in. Mm. It's not like I can just jump on a bike and go and smash it. But you have the basic capability to go and to go and do that. Um, and I think the other thing that's that's just on my mind around this is around frequency. And it's almost like the culture of training has become sort of six or seven days a week worth of training. Yeah. And that's not sensible. Like, and, and I've, we've spoken, we've done a lot of workshops out of CrossFit boxes and they're great spaces and I, and I love the training environments. But the co- owners have said to us, yeah, we have to close on a Sunday because if we have it open, then the members will come and then they don't yeah. take a day off. And I couldn't believe like, that. Okay, so we've, we've created a culture around this where it's almost like it's so addictive or it's, it's the community side of it, which and those are massively beneficial things and they are super valuable and, and one of the great, great positives of this type of training. I think there's but a missing out under- when people are like, oh, yeah, um, yeah. If, if uh, you know, if if it was if if I take Sunday off, but someone else goes and does a workout, I'm missing out on that work, and I'm missing and the 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 irony of the missing out thing, and I think this is a real thing. We feel that in all sort of walks of life, we don't like to be missing out on things, but by constantly doing stuff, you're missing out on recovery, you're missing out on repair, you're missing out on rest. Yeah, no, and no scientific literature in the world will tell you that you can do that 365 days a year at full tilt. Like it doesn't, the body doesn't work like that. It will break. It needs a recovery um, if it's going to continue to progress. And that's how we periodize training in, in sport for athletes is we have periods of, of loading or periods of stress accumulation where we try and ramp up whatever it might be that we're working towards. And then we give the guys a break and we back off a little bit. We allow the body to adapt and then we go and do it again. That's the basic principle of science or scientific approach to, to training and, and loading. But we, we find in where there's no accountability for that in health and fitness outside of professional sport where someone's not managing the program to that extent basically you get to choose whether you want to work out that day or not we get into this sort of addictive mindset of i've got to train i feel bad if i don't train we start chasing these endorphin rushes and like you say the, the fear of missing out i've been the there aesthetics of looking there. in the mirror yeah. and thinking i need to train otherwise my shoulders aren't going to look quite so big mm-hmm. because i've missed two or three days worth of workouts. Like the, the research I quote a lot, and there was, a, there was a paper that came out very recently, 2021 paper. And it said that if you do one strength session a week or, uh, or if you, if from a um, strength or hypertrophy or muscle development perspective, you can maintain strength and size for 32 weeks. If you're older, you might, and that's a, what's one set, one, uh, one exercise, one set per muscle group that you want to keep. So if you're doing compound movements, you're ticking quite a lot of boxes. So one if set a bit, once a week. Yeah, you can yeah. maintain it. I mean, and, that, and that's what they've shown in, in through, the, through the literature. The guy who wrote the papers and a lot of work in this area. If you're older, you might need to do more sets to put a little bit more load through it. So you, you take that for, for what it is. But I mean, when people won't take weeks off because they're worried about losing their gains and you go, well, the worst case scenario, the, the chances are you, if you've been training hard, you're probably in a hole already, which you're just going to benefit by coming out of that by allowing some recovery. But if you're super paranoid about it, do one set, one exercise per muscle group or whatever it is that you want to do. So you can bench and squat or handstand push up, whatever it might be. And that'll see you through and you're not going to lose strength. Now, though, you might feel rusty when you get back into it the following week, 
but you start to understand that 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 isn't that is just such a temporary moment it might be one set or one workout or whatever it might be before you kind of up and running again it's it, i just feel like we've gone so far away from accepting or, or understanding appreciating exercise science and physiology into this world of more is better and if i'm not absolutely thrashing myself daily then i'm, what I'm like i'm not even working out i I just I don't understand how we've got to this point where we've become blind to the basic principles of exercise science. Mm. Uh, well, let's just uh, switch gears slightly in terms of going, rather than trying to pick apart how we've got to this point, in, in terms of takeaway messages from people, people are listening to this and they're like, okay, I wasn't that sort of sure, but like listening to you, Tim, like I'm, uh, I'm on board. I think this is, I need to make some changes. What are... What are the sort of number one, two or three sort of things people need to look out for, need to consider, think about or, or, or change so that they can start to be part of investing in their physical pension gang? And they like gangs. So I thought Good just put gang on it. <laughs> um, I think the first the, the other point just on this, it kind of bridges the two kind of parts of the conversation together is 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 knowing whether you are one of these people or not like the first thing is like can you take could you just take a week off training and not train and and be relatively okay with that like i'm not asking you to to reflect on that and go do you know what i'm, I'm gonna feel absolutely brilliant about myself but could you take a, a whole week off and not do a great deal like how's your head gonna be from a mental health perspective that would tell you a lot because you don't need to train every week you don't need to train five days a week you can get away with training two or three times a week and still make good progress i as a 40 year old quite regularly rely on that um so it's there's an addiction conversation there mm. and the other thing that i want to just sort of raise is going are you in, are you in pain mm. are you working around issues do you go into the gym and go oh, do you know what? i'm a bit uncomfortable in that position or that hurts or i can't do that movement because that's painful <laughs> and yet you continue to keep doing the same thing which caused that pain in the first place and it's not getting better there's some there's a message in there that like you'll be, we talk about this a lot these days and pain is a complicated science, right? But ultimately if something is in pain, there's a problem. That's, there's something not quite right for, from a layman's perspective. In the most cases, we're not, we're staying away from chronic pain syndrome and that sort of stuff. But for most of us, if your knee hurts, there's probably going to be an issue somewhere in your system, which is causing that knee to be painful. And we'll all agree that if the knee is not in pain, it's probably happier. It's probably moving better. We can get into the biomechanics of movement and all that sort of stuff and what is optimum and all that jazz. But ultimately, if you're in pain, it's bad. So if you are working around issues like that, then you need to sort of reflect on that a little bit and go, well, probably need to do something about that. Because the niggle or the pain or the little bit of sort of something which is a bit uncomfortable, if you continue to load it in the same way or just ignore it, it will get worse guaranteed something or it might not be that thing it might be something else in the chain remember the whole system is connected so the shoulder might hurt but it could be a back that goes perfectly acceptable to to think that those two things could be very easily linked in together um so there's a starting point and and i would just i think it's you know we talk a lot about education jacko but and it's hard for people to do but you've got to seek out good sources and you've got to rethink what you're doing and it takes a little bit of discipline and you've almost like, I think you and I have probably become quite comfortable in that space of not training as much, but knowing when you are going to train. If, if like now I'm going through a phase with a, with a baby, I've got a 10 week old baby in the house. It's mine. It's not somebody else's. <laughs> um, it sounds like it's somebody we're taking in. Um, then I'm just sort of, I know that when I train to maintain what I've got to do, my sessions are quite strategic, but you, you know that because you kind of, you've got quite a bit of experience and you've 
in, in of writing training programs and trying different things. But I think if you're if you're trapped in that space of like I have to train every day, the, the biggest challenge is don't train every day. Mm. And that will that you won't, if you listen to that and that's you, you probably won't like what I'm saying. Yeah. But it, you will learn a lot from it and you will learn about prioritizing your recovery or the benefit of being more recovered for sessions. And that's not like take one week off and then go back to smashing yourself seven days a week again. That's like take a week off and then start to think about progressively changing how you train moving forwards. And you'll understand how the body responds to structured training. And it's far better than just absolutely rinsing yourself all the time yeah. and comparing yourself to people that are doing that. Yeah. I don't know if that answers the question, but I need to yeah. get it off my chest. No, no, I think it, I think it did, and and I think ultimately what's going to happen is if you if you start to be more acutely aware of that, you'll I promise you, like you'll you'll feel better, and then training will be better, and that positive cycle happens rather than feeling like you're always in a hole, you've always got a niggle, you're never feeling like you know the classic one is where week on week you feel like you rather than getting stronger, you feel like you're getting weaker. Oh, last week I could do 10 pull-ups, now I can only do eight. Well, it's not because you weren't training, because you just said that you did 10 last week and now you can only do eight. It's that you're not recovering. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that there's 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 huge benefits in the short term and then the, the there's real richness in, in the long-term benefits of, inve of investing in your physical pension. But I know yeah. from my own experience, and I think this is just a bit of a human trait, that when something's for the long-term it can be a little bit more difficult to get like excited and motivated for it, but you're going to feel better in the short term as well. If you're a bit more, um, a bit more conscious about how the quality of the, the work that you're doing and the, the rest that you're giving you, yourself. Um, and, th and then that should hopefully be part of that sort of motivation to, to carry on with that. I think that's where some, some types of workout structure can get, cloudy or foggy for people mm. because depending on what you've done like in, in a periodized program we might we might structure and go eight weeks programming and we're going to focus on let's let's for argument's sake keep it simple back squat strength so we'll test it at week one and then we'll go and do the training block and then we'll have a, a potentially a deload week and then we'll come and retest and see what what's happened we try and keep from a scientific perspective we try and keep all of the, the conditions the same so that we can replicate the test and make sure that we know that we've got something which we can rely on or we can be confident of so the problem is like if you've come in and you've done a quite a high neural intensity workout or a super metabolic workout, whatever it might be, the system is going to be carrying a certain amount of fatigue when you might come and do your deadlift for that day, for example. Mm. And so do you know where you are at any given point? I mean, we're making massive advances forwards in the area of velocity based training because I think I can't remember the stat now, but I think it was something in the region of like 15% either way where a lift or a one RM can be up or down 15% either way based on what the athlete has done and what sort of state they come into. Mm. And that's not just physical training. That could be emotional stress, lack of sleep, all those sorts of other things that we have to deal with as non-professional athletes, particularly. So we might just not be able to lift the same amount based on the conditions around us, but we don't know really then whether we're actually progressing or not because the whole workout structure has become quite muddled and we're not really very clear on what our objectives and our goals are. And you might listen to this and go, yeah, but I'm not a professional athlete. I don't need to structure my training like that. I don't want to train like that. Then that's absolutely fine. If you're, if you understand that you're going to get sort of quite general adaptation and, and that's kind of CrossFit's message really about just general fitness so that you you kind of train everything um but the, the the I think that makes it difficult to know really where you are progressing and feeling the benefits of that structure that we're talking about where 
you know, if you take that deload week and you come back and you, you, your, your max rep goes up, you start to understand a little bit more about the about the cycle that you're, you're working through, just stress adaptation, super compensation type um, uh, principle. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. It's been, uh, it's been, a, I don't know, if, I don't know if we've quite ever had a rant session like that on the podcast before. It's been a bit, it's been a bit prickly, a bit spiky, a bit like your hair. Well, I d- yeah, and I, I always come back to this thing. I said it right at the beginning. Like so much of this sort of stuff, it's just it always begins with it depends. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't do any of that stuff. Please do do it. I think there's massive positives in it. But what I, what I want people to understand is that you need to recognize a context that surrounds all of it and what it is that you want. And if you know, if you're 22 years old or whatever, then you've got some years where you can just punish yourself and, and, and go for it. We did that playing rugby. That was kind of that outlet of just getting smashed around. And then all of a sudden you get to a stage where, and I've seen it happen to everybody. You get to a stage where you are 35, 37, 38, 40, and you get another shot in the ribs and you've got a broken rib on a Wednesday and you've got to pick your kid up from school or whatever. Like, <laughs> and you see, people just go, I've had enough of this. I'm not doing this anymore. Unless you're Will Greenwood. He's still, oh, yeah. he's still training. Goes down I love that idea. I'm you like... lock up at your local rugby club and you have to play against Will Greenwood. And <laughs> Can brilliant. you imagine? <laughs> but, it, but I just, I think it's that, like, we are, yes, you can you can do it now. And, and it's, to go back to the pension analogy, like if someone, if you came into 10 grand, you got a bonus from work or, mm. or whatever it might be. The difference is, like the, the, you could just go and rinse that 10 grand. You could spend 10 grand easy if you wanted to, and you could enjoy it right now in the moment. You've got new laptops, you've got TVs, whatever you want to go and spend your money on. The prudent thing really is to kind of put some of that money away. You're not going to get that, that, that immediate reward right now, but I promise you down the line, Jason Bell works in finance and investing now. He's like, you, you're going to reap the rewards, but you're just not going to get them now. Um, and training is the same. Like if you absolutely smash your body up, you go and look at anybody who's really kind of gone and hammered themselves. And and rugby's players are a great example of that. Like we all carry some baggage, but I am having had two shoulder reconstructions. Like I'm actually at a place now, the way that I train and structure my training where I am injury free 99% of the time, still making strength gains and don't look too bad for 40 with my shirt off. And I'm not training seven days a week ever. Um, so yeah. I, you've got to find that that basis and uh, th- what works for you and um, do the things that you like doing, but understand a bit more maybe about why there might be some other stuff that could be of benefit as well. Don't just get trapped into a single minor focus of this is what I do to work out. And if I'm not doing it, I'm not working out, I'm not training, I'm, I'm, a, I'm weak and all this sort of rubbish lies that we tell ourselves. Go and pick up a nice little exercise textbook and, and, and understand some of the more science behind it and you'll you'll feel the benefits of it in the long term and in the short term, I promise you. Yeah, perfect. I hope that's been a uh hope that's been an encouragement is 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 hopefully what it is, and it makes us all like I include us in this to to reflect on what it is that we're doing with our training, why we're doing it and how that's how that's serving us or, or not serving us and make make changes. I think you said it, what you were saying right at the beginning of like knowing what you don't know. And then when you realize you're doing something that's not good or not helpful or is downright, you think it now, oh, actually, I think I'm wrong now. Like it's fine to turn that car around and just go straight back. Yeah, absolutely. I worry that people might be sat there, Jacko, thinking they've been told off for 40 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> hey, look, sometimes, sometimes you've got to be told off. 
Like, I don't it... want to tell them off. I don't want to tell them off. Yeah, but I no, but like, sort of... say if, uh, say if you, say if you've got some advice for your little boy Jack or new little baby near me, like they're they're doing something that, you know, we we tell them off because of um, because we love them and because we want the want the best for them. <laughs> it's the same with the it's the same with the same with the podcast listeners. You've never told them off before in your life. It's probably the only time you're going to do it. See, Fine. the question for me would be somebody would go, well, have you rethought him? Do you, like, I'm from an old school sort of like reps and sets um, ranges that I'm sort of looking at and going, well, I think this stuff is pretty good. Maybe I'm wrong. And actually, like the, the, the pyramid model or the EMOMs and all that sort of stuff is actually the way forwards and you can get more from doing less. I just, in my reflection, that is, I see a lot of high-end work. Like, it's like revving a car. I want I want in my car first and second gear to work pretty well rather than just like slamming my foot down and trying to go a thousand miles an hour all the time. And I think that's what the body likes as well. It likes Yeah, you you waste too much petrol. Cost you too much. <laughs> yeah. You gotta keep it, but if keep it low revs. But you'll blow the gearbox at some point <laughs> and, and and um yeah, the body's the same. Like it will it will it will at some point break down on you. And I I think that the where where we get kind of passionate about is I don't want people to f- the amount of people that and this this also like probably to frame as jacket it's worth mentioning how many emails inquiries do we get from people going i've just done this in my life in my, for my, my, my training's been like this and now i can't do x i can't yeah. get out of bed i'm in pain all the yeah. time like that's a lot of where this kind of passion from us comes from of, of hearing these stories from people and what i want you to do is go out and if you're in a stage of your life where you're absolutely smashing your training i want you to do that but i also want you to think about what you're going to be like in 10 15 20 years time because like the, the, what you're doing now comes will come at a cost if you're not offsetting that with good mobility stability work particularly which is going to structurally hold everything together and keep you moving well and pain free and i promise you 50 60 70 years into your life you're going to want to be pain free because pain long-term pain is miserable yeah and just to say the people that get in touch email saying i've been doing x y z training and now i can't do this it's not that they've been doing our training; it's that they've seen ours and, 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 and going. I think that this might be the right solution. And you know, we're not Someone trying to say, say they're enlightened. We've got the right solution for everyone, but they're <laughs> like it. It and it, you know, it comes from a heart of wanting to help. Basically, is what I'm saying. And, and you know, yeah. if you think it is something that might be right for you, chances are, if you listen to the podcast, you've already engaged some way in our in our training with it's on social media or on youtube whether you've got a membership in the virtual classroom and you follow all the programs like you've you've probably at some point got on on board with or with the philosophy at least and you know we just well, want the message to... jacko like, yeah go on sorry here you go well i was just gonna say it doesn't even need to be i don't even care if it's calisthenics yeah. when this yeah. conversation like if you're massively into powerlifting, and i still want you to do single leg squats because because they're good i still want to train multiple directions like if you're into bodybuilding, I still want you to think about like some of the other stuff which you don't target in bodybuilding. You still got to think about these things, whatever form of training you're in. Whether you, if you're into triathlon and you never do any strength work, I want you to go and do some strength work. Yeah. One, it will help you help your um, triathlon performance, but it's just it's going to start to put these reserves in the bank that you're going to want to draw on later on. Sorry, I'm going to stop. Actually, every time I come back in, I'm just no. Oh, it's therapy. It's good. It's good. Get it out, get it out. Anyway, it's like the mate, the 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 passion. Um, <laughs> it does, no, but it but it comes across in a good way. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like it, you can tell that you care and you want the you wanting people to to 
you know do the best for themselves so i just hope that it's landed in that way and people um yeah people get on board if you uh yeah let like this is a two-way conversation get in touch with us um you know you you find us on social media or you can email us our emails are very simple david at schoolcardsense.com or tim is tim at schoolcardsense.com or hit us up on uh, social media uh, instagram is probably where we're most active like let us know like open up this conversation further challenge us challenge tim someone challenge mm. you <laughs> see but no it's because yes. because it's like we all you know it's it needs to be a conversation because that's how things get brought down that's how we all grow together there'll be loads of people that like that crossfit's changed their life and i'd be like that's fantastic now learn a little bit more about training and you'll change your life further like it's it's always it depends and it's always you can you can okay now you've got that knowledge what else yeah. can you do with it how can you invest it more or invest in it more and scale it to, to get more out of your your training and your your performance in life so right i'm gonna stop now yeah no should we sign off that's a, that's that's a wrap that is a wrap um so with all that said i will sign us off jack oh i was gonna no i'm gonna do it let me do it let me do it because okay, just got. a little trick so um if you're not yet exploring your physical pension, maybe you need to think about that. And we would like you to do it by um, exploring your physical potential through movement, strength and play. Class dismissed. <laughs>